Good morning, and thank you once again for uh, continuing with us as we read through the Bible in a year. And we've come to the concluding chapters of the Gospel of Luke. Uh, during uh, this uh, devotional exercise, uh, we have uh, uh, covered the Gospel of Luke uh, in eight, uh, probably six to ten minute segments. And uh, I kind of chuckle to myself because uh, at the time that we are recording this, I am approaching uh, my last Sunday morning sermon uh, from the Gospel of Luke, a, a series uh, in which I really attempted to take fairly significant chunks of Scripture, fairly large passages of Scripture. But even in that, we have been at it for well over two years uh, in our Sunday morning series of the Gospel of Luke. So it's kind of funny uh, that here uh, in the course of, uh, uh, of a recording session, we have at least in a very, very, very superficial way uh, kind of uh, uh, summarized and sketched out the contours of the Gospel of Luke. And so we come to the concluding uh, chapters in which uh, that which has been uh, prophesied, uh, that which we've been given a great sense that this is what's coming, uh, unfolds. Uh, and so we see something of this plot by the religious leaders uh, to, uh, to uh, get, have uh, Judas betray him and get him uh, condemned uh, by both religious and secular uh, authority. In the midst of that, uh, we find this very peaceful pastoral meal uh, that sets the pattern and inaugurates what we uh, call the Lord's Supper. Jesus delivers the shattering news uh, to Peter that, that he will indeed uh, deny him and ultimately Jesus is arrested. Uh, these uh, kangaroo trials, whether religious or secular, are carried out and while uh, there is no legitimate cause to condemn Jesus, he is ultimately condemned uh, to the cross just as prophesied, as according to God's set purpose, as according to His foreknowledge, the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the, earth, the, the world is placed on the cross to shed His blood for our salvation. He is the atoning sacrifice. He is the propitiation uh, for our sin. And so, uh, chapter 24, uh, tells us that uh, uh, on the Sunday morning, uh, immediately after Jesus dies on Friday afternoon, a death that's described with uh, some detail but in fairly terse manner in chapter 23, uh, we are told uh, that these faithful ladies, out of great love and devotion, uh, go to the tomb expecting to find a body that is in need of being embalmed. And so let's look, beginning in chapter 24, verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood uh, by them in dazzling apparel. And they were frightened and bowed uh, their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. 
And when they remembered his words uh, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna, Mary, mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Uh, so much here. And in a, uh, a lengthy uh, sermon recently, I, I couldn't even uh, begin to scratch the surface with everything that's going on here. Suffice it to say, uh, the disciples, whether they're the women disciples or the official uh, 11 remaining disciples, were not expectant of a resurrection. Uh, they, while Jesus had uh, promised this, while the prophets had predicted this, uh, they were not anticipating a resurrection. Uh, they only see it clearly when God ultimately opens their eyes and illuminates their minds uh, and gives them the heart to see and understand these things. And so we find these dear ladies uh, rising early, going as the, the dawn is breaking, to the tomb. To their, to their shock and dismay, the tomb is not sealed, it's open. And of course their immediate thought probably uh, goes toward uh, be, uh, grave robbers uh, stealing the body of, of Jesus. And so uh, uh, maybe possibly in consideration of the disciples moving the body for whatever reason. But they, they come to know uh, through observation uh, and the message of these men in dazzling apparel, these angels, uh, that Jesus is not in the tomb. He is risen. He hasn't been taken. In fact, the very cloths that he had been uh, laid to rest in uh, had been left in the tomb, which again probably is a testimony that uh, he hadn't been taken, uh, that he actually uh, got up and walked out of uh, that, uh, that tomb or either passed out of that tomb uh, as he seemed to enter into locked rooms uh, after being raised from the dead. We don't know which, but he certainly didn't need the stone rolled away uh, to leave the tomb. Uh, that was for the benefit of those that would come and examine the tomb. And so tomb was empty. Jesus uh, had risen. Uh, the, the reality slowly dawns on uh, uh, these women, uh, on uh, these uh, disciples. We know uh, that uh, on our way back to the disciples, Mary Magdalene encounters Jesus. First uh, uh, Corinthians tells us that uh, Peter had uh, an encounter that, that's not defined or described uh, in, in the Gospels. Uh, and Jesus begins a uh, series of subsequent uh, appearances to his disciples. Uh, proving that indeed he had been raised from the dead, uh, that prophecy is fulfilled uh, in him, and that in his death on the cross, the Father had accepted his sacrifice as the ultimate, as the effective, as the final payment for our sins. So the resurrection is an exclamation point. Uh, it is definitive proof that Jesus' sacrifice was successful. And for those who believe, we can live with confidence that our sins uh, have been forgiven. Uh, several things, uh, uh, just very quickly, for those that might be skeptical of, of this account, we can believe that uh, 
It is historically accurate because by the time these things were written, uh, it would certainly have been embarrassing uh, for the disciples to be hiding in fear and the women to be the ones that would boldly go uh, to the, the tomb of the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, these disciples, they're, they're fearful for their lives, yet <clears throat> within weeks of uh, Jesus being raised, uh, they are indicting all involved with his death, that something happened that transformed him, them, and the only explanation is that Jesus really did uh, rise from the dead. It is factual, it is historical, it really happened. It is absolutely the linchpin of our faith. It is essential. Uh, you cannot be a believer and deny the resurrection. And Paul uh, states that if Christ be not raised, that we are of all men most miserable, that in fact we are still in our sins. And so uh, uh, the resurrection is, in a sense, uh, God's exclamation point on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, an exclamation uh, to the gospel itself, and certainly an exclam exclamation point for the gospel of Luke. It is the resounding affirmation and proclamation that Jesus is Lord. He is the Savior. Uh, he is the one that fulfills God's promises uh, to David. Uh, he is the one uniquely conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary. He is the one that died on the cross uh, for our sin. And the resurrection absolutely in the most colossal and irrefutable manner says these things are absolutely true. And so I pray uh, that all of this is an encouragement uh, in your day, uh, that we serve a risen Savior. Uh, his name is Jesus Christ, our Lord. I pray that this is a blessing to your day.